Welcome to a live preaching message from the Kadesh Family Church, Manhattan, New York City. Kadesh Family Church, Manhattan, is the Apache of the Kadesh Family Churches in North America, where the Word of God is imparted clearly, practically, and comprehensively for present-day living. Our aim is to provide solid foundation of Bible-based instruction to our church members, to equip them to preach and teach the gospel wherever they may be. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. Where you are sitting, just give the Lord a wave. can feel your presence in this place. And Lord, I can feel your presence in this place. One more time. And Lord, I Your presence in this very place. So, Lord, I can feel your presence in this place. Not the same. Tell them the presence. It's moving. It's moving. 
you know, I, I, I don't know whether it was Brooklyn Tabernacle Choir or I couldn't tell. But I want to say that you have a wonderful choir. Hallelujah. And when you meet, we see them after, after church, buy them lunch or something for them to sing more often. You don't know the blessings of what you have. Hallelujah. Yeah, you have an amazing choir. Amen. Let's welcome Auntie Serena to give us a testimony. And after that, we'll have a presentation by the Wet Squad after. That's right. Okay. The testimony coming on. Okay. Let's, before that, let's, why don't we pray over the offering? Let's bow our heads. Father, we thank you for the ability to give. We never count anything we give you as a sacrifice, Lord, because you give us everything. We thank you, the Lord. We pray that you even bless us more to even to honor you and to help build your house with our finances. And we pray that anyone who gave today, Lord, increase them. And those who couldn't, we pray that, Father, give them the ability to give the next time. We pray that these offerings are sanctified and blessed for your work and for your use in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. Do we have the... Uh, oh, one more time. As she does the catwalk to the pulpit. Wonderful. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Say amen, Nina. 
take it away. How can it go away? But God said, my grace is sufficient for you. My grace is sufficient for you. I thank God for the grace of God because his grace is sufficient for me. I was listening to our Reverend's uh, podcast and um, Reverend talked about the fact that we should pray that we will be beneficiaries of the grace and the miracle of God. Can I hear hallelujah? Amen. 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 It was on the the 27th of the 27th of November, which was just about two weeks ago on a Monday. And I was going to a conference. I had actually gone to work. It was on a Monday, I'd gone to work. You know, I was, uh, my, my research, and as you know, by the grace of God, I graduated from my... Uh, <laughs> And so, my job, the commissioners had sent me an email that they wanted me to come and present my research to them. And so the commissioner, the associate commissioner, the first deputy commissioner, all of them were waiting for me on that particular Monday. And uh, they were waiting for me at the at the head office, which uh, I work with ACS Administration for Children's Services. So they were waiting for me at Fulton Street, and I was at the field office on that Monday. And so uh, the meeting was, the, the, my presentation was at about three o'clock. When I came to work that day, everything was, everything was well. I wasn't feeling any pain. Sometime around like 10.30, 11 o'clock, I realized that I was feeling some stomach pains. But I thought, you know, um, if you've gone through so many medical issues, 
you get used to those kind of uh, stomach pains. I mean, so I just brushed it aside and I thought, oh, it would just go away. So I drove the car to Fordham. And at about 12 o'clock, I decided to go to park the car at 125th and then take the train to, uh, to Fulton. And so I parked the car. I drove the car to Fulton, sorry, to 125th on uh, Madison Avenue, our, our, uh, our former home. And the, the, the paint began, it, it, it became worse. But then I said to myself, you know what? Maybe what I should do is just to pass by Duane Reed, because there's Duane Reed on 125th uh, by Lexington. So just to pass by Duane Reed and see if I can get some medication. And uh, so I'd be able to, you know, like feel more confident, feel much stronger, and be able to present because they know me, and, and I did not want to fall short of that expectation. So I passed by Duane Reed, and I asked the uh, pharmacist if they had any medication for the stomach. And so just when uh, the pharmacist decided to go to the shelf to look for that medication, I just started feeling dizzy all of a sudden. I mean, I was in my suit, I was dressed, I had my bag. And then all of a sudden, I just, I don't even know what happened to the bag. The bag was thrown somewhere else. My whole body was right on the floor. So everybody was like, what is going on? And then right away, I just knew that it was this intestinal obstruction because I had had that symptom uh, before. I'd had that problem before. So I called, so I told the, the pharmacist came back and I told the pharmacist that, you know what, call 911. I think it's intestinal obstruction because I've had the symptom before and I said, please, when they come, don't let them waste time. Just in case I'm not lucid enough to talk, don't let them just waste, you know. Can I get some water, please? Hallelujah. So I started, I, then I started screaming. I was in severe pain. And they called 911. They called the ambulance. The ambulance came and took me to, and I told them I wanted to go to Mount Sinai, where they have all my records. So they took me to Mount Sinai. And by this time, in fact, when, whilst I was on the floor, I realized that my husband had gone to Ghana at the time. So I was just left with these children, and the children, and as you know, I'm in Pennsylvania. So I knew that at this point, I was going to be hospitalized. And when I knew I was going to be hospitalized, I knew right away that I had to make provision for the children. So right away, I called our neighbor, a Zimbabwean, and I said, Mavis, I'm on the floor. I think I'm going to be, I'm going to be hospitalized. Can you please take care of the children for me? And she agreed. And then I called my supervisor. Uh, I called the director that I was speaking to at Fordham, and I said, you know what? I don't think I can make it to the meeting. Can you tell the commissioners that I'm not going to be able to make it to the meeting, that we should postpone it? So I, I called, even in the pain and all these things, I knew that I still had to sort one or two things out. So I went to the hospital, and when I went to the hospital, they, I already told the doctors, I already told the nurses that I'm sure this is what is happening. So they should just 
just let me go and do the scan and just find out if that is what it is so that they can just start working on me right away. And so they did, uh, they did an x-ray on me and then the x-ray confirmed and they actually did also another scan and it confirmed that it was intestinal obstruction. And so they came to me and they said, okay, so you, you know the deal. We're going to do the nasal gastric, you know, like procedure where they're going to put the tube inside my nose, down, and then they said, we're going to suction out the fluid. And in the event that we are not able to suction, like if, if no fluid comes out, and if the intestines that's twisted, if it does not untwist, then you already, you also know the deal. We're going to do surgery. And so at this point, I just, I just said, you know what? Let's just, I'm just believing in God that when they do this nasal gastric thing, that I am not going to have to do that surgery. And so they went through the procedure, and God being so good, they were, able to, uh, they, they were able to suction the fluid out of the intestines, and so they didn't even have to do uh, the surgery. But that is not all. Prior to that, this particular year, I was hospitalized, and I'm saying, yeah, I was hospitalized twice. They, on the 15th, on the 18th of May, the 15th of May is when I graduated. The very night of my graduation, after the graduation, we were having, like, they, they were having a party for all the, the graduates. So at about 9 p.m., I started feeling very dizzy. But then it, it went away. So I sat down for a while, for about like 10, 15 minutes, and then I began to feel myself. However, when we went home, I started feeling that, that dizziness. But then I just said to myself, you know what? I normally have this history of anemia and I, I feel dizzy and all that. Let me just, you know, like, just take it easy. And my husband was like, you need to go to the hospital. So this was, the graduation was on Monday. And on Tuesday, he said, you have to go to the hospital. I said, I don't think it's a hospital thing. And I did not want to go to the hospital. So on Wednesday, it got very bad. And by Thursday, it was just too much. So by Thursday, I had to go to the hospital. And when I went to the hospital, they told me that they did every test and they found out that my hemoglobin was 5.7. And which means as you can, I mean, the doctors and nurses know that 5.7 is not good at all. They did, uh, they did a test on me and they realized that there was internal bleeding. And prior to that, I'd had problems with my teeth. And so I had taken ibuprofen, and I had taken ibuprofen, a lot of ibuprofen. And with the history of anemia and also with that ibuprofen, that also affected me. And then that is what also caused this uh, uh, blood loss. And I had never taken blood before. I mean, even with all the times that I've had a very, blood, a, a very low blood count. So I called Reverend, and I said, I don't want to take this blood. And Reverend spoke to me, and Reverend said, you know what? you have to take the blood because at this point they explained to me that they had to do they had to um, do this uh, this uh, test to, uh, to find out exactly what was going on with me and with that low blood count of 5.7 there was no way where they could do that procedure just in case that I ran out of blood it was going to be dangerous and so I had no choice and then Reverend had also spoken to me and Reverend said take the blood so I took the blood and they did the test, and that is when they realized that I had a gastric ulcer and all that. And so, by the grace of God, everything got well. And then the next day, uh, no, uh, it was, I, was, I was discharged on Saturday. But when I was discharged on Saturday, by the Sunday, the following Sunday, I was right here at church. And the reason why, the reason why I just want to thank the Lord 
and to thank his holy name is because we have a king of kings and we have a lord of lords. The Bible says, you know, God told Paul that my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is perfected in your weakness. And so sometimes when I come to church, you may not even know that I had even been discharged maybe the previous day or maybe two days before. But I say to myself that, how else can I give praise unto the Lord? How else can I share testimony? If I do not, you know, if I do not make it to church, because God says that, he said that his strength is perfected in my weakness, in our weaknesses. And so how else can we give a testimony? The Bible tells us in Revelations 12, 11, that we overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony. And so without the testimony, how do we, how can we know the goodness of the Lord and his miracles and his wonders? I have gone through a lot. I mean, with all the medical issues, you all know about all those medical issues. It is just the grace of God because having been cut seven times, seven abdominal uh, surgeries, and how many biopsies, and four biopsies, told about having ovarian cancer, the grace of God, no with the biopsy, no, no, no uh, cancer. Told about the liver cancer, done the biopsy, and by the grace of God, no cancer. And then done the uterine, having bleeding, and done the uterine biopsy, and by the grace of God, no cancer. I, I, I always say that it is God, it is God that I give all the glory. His strength is perfected in our weakness. And we have a good church. And we have a good reverend. We have a good reverend. We have a powerful church. When I come to church, I feel rejuvenated. When I come to church, I feel the power and the presence of God. And that is why as I live, I would always, if I, I would always make it to church in the name of Jesus. By the grace, by the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I have also come here to, to encourage someone here. I hope and I pray that my testimony will be an encouragement to all of us. We cannot look at our situation and say that with this situation that we have, how can we serve the Lord? How can we praise the Lord? The Bible tells us in Psalm 30 that the word of God says that, listen, weeping may come in the night, but joy comes in the morning. But joy comes in the morning. And I used to ask God, that God, why? Why? Why do I have all these issues? Why should I be cut seven times? Why should I go through all these biopsies? And I, I, I even left one out. Uh, last, so as last week Friday, so last week Friday, I mean, I had already gone to do my mammogram. And as I, as I shared my testimony about two years ago, they had told me that they had found all the things they found. So, eventually, they sent me a letter last year and they said, you are free. No breast cancer, everything all right. And then I went to do my usual mammogram in August. And then it came back to me, they sent me a letter and they said, you know what? They found something and so they want me to come back. Now, I was hospitalized on a Monday and I was discharged on that Thursday. 
the Friday was when, December 1st was when I was supposed to go back. But I couldn't because I said to myself, listen, man cannot take. There is enough. There is a limit to what man can take. I was not willing to go back and do that test. So I said, God, give me more strength so that the following week I can go and do the test. So I went and they did, and they had to do an ultrasound this, this time. So they did the ultrasound, and they did it at Dubin uh, Breast uh, Cancer Institute at Mount Sinai. And they told me they were going to give me the results right away, because normally, like in these situations, they never want to wait and keep the patient very anxious and all that. So as I was waiting, I said, Father, onto thy hands, I commit my spirit. I said, you know, I have heard so much. Every, almost every day of my life. And I said, but I know you're going to do it. You're going to make me come through this again. Because you want me to share that testimony. You want me to encourage someone. You want me to let people know that you are the king of kings and you are a miracle working God. And so the doctor came to me and the doctor said, you are fine. There is nothing wrong. You can go home. And so before, before I went home, I went to the restroom. And I went on my knees and I said, thank you, Father. Thank you, Son. And thank you, Holy Spirit. I stopped saying, God, why me? And I want to encourage everyone before I, I, I put the mic down to stop asking why me. Because you know what? Why not you? You wanted to be someone else? And, and, and the why me? We keep on saying, God, why me? But we never ask about why the blessings too. We never ask about God, why are you blessing me and not blessing this person? But then when we go through these trials and tribulations, we say, God, why me? So I stop asking God, why me? Because I look at everything and I say, Father, you have shown me that even through all the weaknesses and through all the problems, you have blessed me too. And so I look at my children and I say, glory be unto you, King of Kings. Glory be unto you for all the things that I hear, for all the medical issues. You cannot even have the peace of mind to learn. But if I could learn and still graduate from my doctoral program, unto God be all the glory and unto God be all the praise. Power and might belong to our God forever and ever, ever. Amen. I say, power. to say i think everything has been said <laughs> amen 
Wonderful. That was a powerful testimony. Hallelujah. And it's amazing how powerful she's singing and all the things she's been through. Hallelujah. For many of us, some of, somebody talks about you on Facebook and then you can't sing. That's a problem. But look at all the pain she has been through and she's still singing and giving glory to God. Hallelujah. Anytime I wake up, I just say, God, I thank you. Amen. And you know, sometimes if you think you have a big problem because maybe you have a flat tie, that shouldn't be enough to stop you from praising God and to giving a testimony. Hallelujah. People have been through worse things and you always have to take your blessings in perspective. Amen. I'm sure she would have said more if she had all the time, but she didn't. Amen. Wonderful. Okay. Uh, we have the words quite are they available. Okay. Why don't we welcome them before we get into the word? Wow. Come reverend properly, you know. Wow, hallelujah. Amen. I said hallelujah. Wonderful. Are you blessed? Look, it's not easy to memorize verses. So. Put your hands together again for the West Squad. Hallelujah. I tell you, you're doing well. Some of, some of you, even, even Psalm 23 will be a struggle. <laughs> even Psalm 23, you struggle with it. Let alone John 3.16. Hallelujah. Wow. But it's good. Let the word of God dwell richly in you. So yeah. I'm, I'm, you're doing very well. Amen. And very soon we'll be quoting chapters to you. Watch. Hallelujah. Wow. Have you had a wonderful service? Oh, please take your seat. I tell you. The testimonies are real. Amen. Yeah. God is good. You see, there's a script, there's a verse that says that, there's a verse that says that, though the enemy will come like a flood, you know, like a flood, the Lord shall raise a standard against it. Hallelujah. That is, the enemy comes like a flood, literally to wipe you out. But God raises a standard. It's like no matter how forceful or how fearful the enemy comes, somehow God will raise a standard to, to, to prevent it. You will never be drowned in the flood. Amen. Amen. Yeah. It's a very powerful testimony. You see, I, I, my, my part of this testimony, you know, I have begun to understand, when Jesus saw the multitude, he had compassion. I began, I this testimony, this morning, what I learned from it, that I learned the difference between praying for somebody because you have to pray and praying out of compassion. And I can see that when you, Jesus healed the people of praying because of compassion. Not because, oh, so, so, I'm praying because I have to pray for you. Why do I say so? Which he doesn't know. I was in the hospital, I was going out. Then I got a test from GoFax. Reverend, can I talk to you? I was GoFax. He said to me, Reverend, can I talk to you? You know, you just want teenagers say, I don't want to talk to you. You wonder whether you're going to trouble. <laughs> so I said to him, go, go fast, what again? <laughs> you always think you're going to do something that you're in trouble, you know? So my, my, my usual response was, what again? Go fast. So as soon as I left work, I tested her back. I said, okay, what is it? 
Then she began to speak. Say, Reverend, my dad is going to Ghana. My mom is in the hospital. We are living in the, with the neighbors. Please, can you pray for my mom? You see, it touched my heart. Can you, you see? Immediately, my heart was moved. So I remember sitting there in the parking lot and prayed the prayer out of compassion. That was on the Wednesday night, yeah. So by the grace of God, the Lord healed her. Yeah. It was, you know, I felt in me something, you know. Somebody said, My, said, my dad is going to Ghana. I said, my mom went to the city and she got sick. She was admitted in the hospital. And we are living in the neighborhood. Reverend, can you please pray for my mom? It moved my heart. So I said something to the heavens. That surgery is canceled in the name of Jesus. Yeah. And to me, it made me understand the difference between types of prayers. So you can pray for somebody because... Stop of me, I can't get prayer. Okay, I'll pray. <laughs> and I won't lie to you. Sometimes as pastors, we pray because, you see, I, I, I won't lie to you. Anybody who has been a pastor, some people will pray for them because you have to pray for them because it's like, okay. Obligations, thank you, thank you. That's the word. Uh, seriously, I won't lie to you. Obligations, the prayer is more of an obligatory prayer. And there's a prayer to when you pray. That, that day I understood that word compassion. You pray for, it's like the child was wrong. I say, you pray out of compassion. Certain, something moves in your heart and God will always answer that prayer. Yeah. Compassion. May you do things out of compassion. And God will answer that prayer. Amen. Yeah. Hallelujah. Only that, like my wife said, if we allow Serena, the whole service will be taken over soon. <laughs> Amen. My God is good. Hallelujah. Happy Salvation Sunday. Amen. Yeah. All of you are looking very nice in your white. Hallelujah. Happy Salvation. Tell me about Happy Salvation. Say Happy Salvation. Look, I was telling in the first service, this white thing there, I had, a, I had a classmate who was getting married. And brides wear white on their wedding day. That's why every bride wear white. And she said, I will not wear white. <laughs> Seriously, she said, I will not wear white. We said, oh, really? We You are wearing white. She said, I will not wear white. So we asked her, why won't you wear white? She said, look, people don't understand the meaning of that gown. The bride wearing white signifies purity and virginity. And so far as she's concerned, she's not a virgin. That's what she said. So she doesn't want to deceive anybody. She doesn't want any deception. Because he says when people are white, they are deceiving. Because that, the original meaning of that thing is virginity. So, so far as he concerned, she's not a virgin, so why should she wear white? She didn't wear white. She actually wore pink on her wedding day. 
No, a light pink dress. He says she's white because she doesn't like, want to live a lie. Hallelujah. And I was thinking about it. All of us are wearing white. Signify holiness and purity. And we are all looking nice. <laughs> are you hearing me? That's why you hearing me. But the only reason why you can wear white and I can wear white justifiably, justifiably, the only reason why you and I can wear white justifiably is because of Matthew 1.21. Show me that scripture. And she shall bring forth a son and they shall call his name Jesus for he shall save his people from their sins. If we are able to wear white as a symbol, it means it is because of Jesus. That is why you are allowed to wear white. Tell me, but that's why you are allowed to wear white today. Because some of you, some of you should be wearing black and brown. <laughs> Sports. But because of Jesus. I say because of Jesus. I say because of Jesus. He shall save his people from their sins. Amen. Yeah. And sin has consequences. I preached the first service. Just get the first message and listen to it. The reason why we are not under the consequences of sin is because of what he did for us. Hallelujah. That's why we say happy salvation day. Amen. Are you blessed you are saved? I said, are you blessed you are saved? When they met in John chapter 9, when they saw the guy, born blind, they asked Jesus Christ a question. Master, who did sin? This man or his parents? Master, who did sin? Because so far as they are concerned, uh, so far as they are concerned, uh, problems are a result of sin. And we're not wrong. They were not wrong. Because all through the Jewish history, anytime there was a problem, there was a sin somewhere. When there was a defeat, in, defeat by Achan, somebody was doing something. There's always sin that leads and Jesus did not dispute that fact. He told them, neither this man nor his parents sin. He didn't, you see, but that, the, that God may be glorified. So he was saying that not every problem comes as a result of sin. But he, didn't, he was not saying that sin does not cause problem. Do you get the difference? Hallelujah. All that he said, some people can have a problem without sinning. But it doesn't mean that, he's not saying that sin does not cause problem. Hallelujah. The root of our problems is sin. I can tell you something. The root of mankind's problem is sin. That's the root cause. So when somebody came to save us from our sins, we have to appreciate it. <laughs> Hallelujah. In Isaiah 59, God is saying, He said that my ears are not short. In fact, he said my hands are not my ears are not short here. My hands are not shortened. Not to rescue, but your sins, your sins, your sins, your sins. The thing that cuts you from God is your sin. Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that he cannot save. Neither his ear heavy that he cannot hear. Verse 2. But your iniquities or sins have separated between you and God. And your sins have hid his face from you. So your sins, our sins, our sins. So, are you understand what Jesus has done? It means, it, it means but for Christ, God will not hear us. But for Christ, God will not answer us. But because of Christ, 
Because Matthew said he will come and save us from our sins. So that because of Christ, our sins are, I'm talking about the gospel. Because of Christ, our sins are blotted away so that we can talk to the Father. So that we don't reap the ben- we don't reap the consequences of our sin. Because as for the sin, we continue to sin. Daily. That is why one of the most powerful prayers every believer should pray is forgiveness of sins. Every morning when you wake up, confess your sins. Hallelujah. So that God will hear you. I say, confess your sins. So that what? God will hear you. For if we, for if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You must memorize verses. Hallelujah. That's what, Jesus, that's what Jesus did for us. He came to wash away our sins so that the Father can hear us and save us from hell. That's why we call it Happy Salvation Sunday. Amen. Look, sin has consequences. I'm telling you, sin has consequences. Don't joke with sin. Hallelujah. Thank God for salvation. Put your hands together for the Lord. Hallelujah. Last week we started talking. What did we talk about last week? I'm continuing. The what? Please preach back to me. The blessings what? It's not blessing of the Lord. The blessings in this house. Hallelujah. The blessing or blessing in the house. The blessings in the house or in this house. Hallelujah. And uh, like Reverend Patrick was saying, we come to behold the beauty. Beauty. We come to behold his beauty. Someone did fight. Because there's a lot of ugliness in our life. That we need to behold the beauty. To wash away some of the ugliness. Look, we are ugly. My niece, we are ugly. Too much. We thank God that our thoughts are not on the screen. our thoughts was to be on the screen, we will sack some of the worship team. <laughs> I said, if our thoughts was to be on the screen, we will remove some of the worship team members. How do I know? Flesh and blood has not revealed to me. <laughs> I saw some of the ashes, we will tell them to ash outside. Ash outside. <laughs> Hallelujah. But we come to behold his beauty. Amen. You know, let me show you this verse. Um, in Psalm 27, actually, <laughs> mercy. Somebody shout mercy. Somebody shout mercy. I'll tell you. In Psalm 26, verse 8. Psalm 26, verse 8. Lord, I have loved the habitation of thy house. See, Lord, I have loved the habitation of thy house and the place where thine honor dwelleth. God, I love where you are, where your honor. See, there is a place where God honors dwells. 
When God chooses a place and, and put his name there, suddenly that place changes. Because there his honor is. Hallelujah. He said, I have loved where your honor is. Okay? That is why when God chooses a place and says, this is my house, which is called the church, suddenly that place becomes sacred. Are you hearing me? Church, are you hearing me? So, it means that place is now holy. It is sacred. It means certain things that you can do in your house, you can't do in that place. Because my honor is there. Church, are you hearing me? That is why you cannot come and smoke in this sanctuary. You can't smoke. You can smoke in your house. But you can't smoke here. You can drink in your house. But you can't drink here. You can fornicate in your house. But you cannot be fornicating here. Hallelujah. It, because God is telling this place is different from your house. So even though you can pray in your house, when you pray here or when you worship me, it makes a difference because this is my sanctuary. In fact, as a matter of fact, that's why even some religions, you are not allowed to wear a hat in the church. Do you know that? Like when you enter the church, you must remove your hat. I mean, I'm talking about men, not women. Because women can wear a hat because you don't know what is on top of their head. I beg you. <laughs> but men, no, no, men. Women, women are supposed to get a covering. But men are not supposed to wear a hat. So even, so most Catholics, you, know, you can't enter there with a hat. You have to take it off. Because it is, the Bible says the head of the, the man is Christ. It's actually disrespectful in the sanctuary to come and sit in God's house and wear a hat. For a man. Not yeah, But a woman needs to. Are you hearing me? Because once he, he puts his name there, it's different. You can't do certain things there. Because the place becomes sacred. So once we say that this is the church, some things are not allowed here. Hallelujah. It means you cannot... Look, I, have been, I remember I used to go to church. Uh, Faith Fellowship, when I came. I remember. That's my shock. In, uh, Faith Fellowship in New Jersey. I remember. When I packed my car in the parking lot, you see the ashes smoking. Then when it's time for them to ash, they kill the cigarette and they go inside. And then when they want to smoke, they come outside. And I understood them because they know you can't smoke there. I <laughs> hear me. Because it's holy. It's the sanctuary. God put this, his name there so that things that are done there are sacred. Look. When I was in school, you know, I had a lot of experience in school. When I was in school, this form. Some guy was sacked. There was a, a guy who was sacked from his school. His school was Achimota. Achimota is supposed to be Achimota. Those who went to Achimota. It's supposed to be one of the best schools in Ghana. Supposed to be. Supposed to be. <laughs> but I went to the best one. Come on. <laughs> so this guy, I went to one of the best schools, the, science, the only science college in West Africa. You should know it by now. This guy was sacked from his school. And he came to apply in our school. Okay? And do you know why he was sacked? You won't believe why he was sacked. You, you don't know why he was sacked from the school. You know, Achimata has boys, boys' compound 
and girls' compound. The boys and girls are separated. Then they have the chapel. The, 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 the chapel. The chapel. And one day, under the chapel, for somebody who was going there, and found a boy and a girl fornicating behind the altar. <laughs> I just, just do want to motor. I understand what I'm saying. I mean, he saw the boy and the girl fornicating because if you do the chapel, you haven't seen the chapel. It's an open place. They have this altar. So behind the altar, the boy was fornicating with a girl. So when he caught him, mind you, fornication is not a new thing at Chimota. Are you looking at me? What school? <laughs> you are acting like you are saints. How many Achimotans are here? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> is, is, is it a new thing there? You Achimota, is it a new thing there? It's not any more boys and girls by the grace of God. That's their habit. <laughs> so what, what I'm trying to say is that what happened was not new in the school. But when they told the headmaster where it happened, <laughs> you see it's like no 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 I mean I mean no 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 come on I mean wait behind the altar I mean it's like I beg you ask for this crime because typically what the, what do they do to motor when you fornicate and they suspend you for what they do suspension yeah but this one the headmaster said no 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 of all the places, this one, I, can, I cannot allow you to be in this school. He sacked him. He was sacked from the school. Not because of what he did, but where? Because it is considered sacred. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Yeah. It's considered sacred. Amen. So, God is saying that there is a place where I put my name. And where I put my name, that place is sacred. It's, 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 it's honorable. It's divine. Such that when you gather there, your activities have a different meaning to me. Hallelujah. That is why you cannot say, I'll go to church in my house. Because your church, you smoke, your house, you smoke there. You drink there. You are fornicating there. Do you think the prayer that you pray on your fornication bed is the same as the prayer you pray here? I'm telling you, please give me a break. I'm preaching. A prayer that you prayed in your fornication bed. I'm not saying, eh, it's not the same as praying in the sanctuary. So you harm yourself, you deceive yourself when you stay away from the sanctuary, the place of blessing. You, you need to come here and behold his beauty and let some of the ugliness wash away. <laughs> hallelujah. I said hallelujah. So every Christian must have a place where they come. Amen. I said, Amen. Yeah. A place where we come to worship Him, to bless Him. Amen. Yeah. It should be your custom. You see, there's a place where people meet to watch soccer. I said, there's a place where people meet to watch soccer. It's what? 
There's a place where people meet to watch basketball. It's what? Listen to me. I don't know how, how many of you have want to watch a basketball game live before. Who has watched a basketball? You want to? Basketball. Basketball. Lydia. Lydia went. <laughs> Jeff went. Yes. Have you, have you watched a basketball game before? George. And have you watched it on TV before? Is there a difference? I said, is there a difference? Yeah. Yeah. I can't, you can't say. You see, I'm trying to say, see, there's a place where you gather for a certain activity of like-minded, and the effect is not the same. I have watched basketball before. I mean, look, the first time I went to watch basketball at Nets in the, uh, no matter where, uh, New Jersey. I said, that was the first time I said, hey, the people, they are tall, oh. You see, on TV, you don't see. But when you see them live, they are giants. But on TV, you don't see. When I saw them, I said, hey! Because I got a good seat. Somebody gave me a good seat. Yeah, I wasn't at the nose. I was quite close to them. So I, got, I... I said, man! But you don't see it on TV. And the experience and the excitement is different. So, it's, so you cannot compare say, people say, oh, God is everywhere. No, God is everywhere, but he, he's, he, he chooses a place that he places his name. The prayer is different. His honor is different. His grace is different because that is why he places his name there. <laughs> Hallelujah. And we need to learn. Hallelujah. What did Jesus say? What was the custom of Jesus? Preaching. In Luke chapter 4, verse 16. Luke 4, 16. This is Jesus Christ. And he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day. As his what was? As his what was? Listen to me. Every Christian, it was the custom of Christ. His custom is his habit. His behavior. It means on the Sabbath day, if you are looking for Jesus Christ, you will not find him on the football park. On the Sabbath day, if you are looking for him, you will not find him at the laundromat. As his custom was, it was his custom it was the way he behaves. Hallelujah. And not only him. Look, look, look Monday morning if you are a Christian. What is your custom? What is your custom? What is your custom? You see, you should be afraid to do things on Sunday morning. Look, let me tell you something. A good Christian should always be afraid not to be in the sanctuary when the people are there. You should be nervous. You see, I'm, I'm, I'm serious. Clap for me, clap for me. You see, you see, be very, very careful. Unless you're, unless you're not spiritual, you are more likely to make you see, mistakes and errors at that time. Because you are up, because say, at the time when kings were supposed to go to war, at the times when kings were supposed to go to war, the Bible said David stayed in the temple. David's greatest mistake in life was that time. The Bible said, and David did right in the sight of God, except in the matter of Uriah. If David had gone to war, he would not have seen Bathsheba. 
to war. This whole Bathsheba scandal will not have happened at the time. Because there was war. Be careful the deals and the transactions that you sign on the side. When church is going, be careful because you are doing something without the covering. Be careful. Oh, you're not spiritual. That's why you don't get it. You are doing something without the covering. Hallelujah. I get afraid when I'm not in church. I'm always nervous. And I've missed church. I can count on my fingers. Hallelujah. At the time when kings were supposed to go to war, if David had gone to war, that would not be, you, you would not have had all this problem. Yeah. But he was chilling. Ask your neighbor, what is your custom? Ask your neighbor, what is your custom? Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. Yeah. I'm preaching a good message. Yeah. Salvation. That is why David said in Psalm 122 verse 1. 122 verse 1. Psalm 122. Psalm 122 verse 1. I was glad. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. I was glad. I was glad. You see, and it's not everybody you, it's not everybody or every place you inquire. Some people, when you start asking them, they will, they will annoy you. So David said, I come to ask God. To inquire. How many have questions? How many have why me? So he comes to inquire. He said, God, when? God, why? Look, it's not everybody should ask questions. Though. Or you tell your issues to. You'll be surprised the way they'll react to you. Yeah. It's not every question you should ask your husband. I'm preaching. I say it's not every question you should ask your husband. You are better off asking God. Because when you go and ask him, what you will get, you will not like the answer. <laughs> so rather ask God. To inquire. To inquire. So church, we come here because we have questions that we don't have answers. Can I get a witness in the church? If you have all the answers, you don't need to be here. No. If you have all the answers, you don't need to be here. But we come here because we, we need to inquire. Hallelujah. To behold his beauty and to inquire. Questions? Questions? Hallelujah. Yeah, to inquire. That's why we come. Amen. I said amen. I say amen. To inquire. Go back. To inquire in his temple. Then verse 5, he says, For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the time of what? In the time of what? Trouble day. I said trouble day. And let me tell you something. If God does not hide you, so you don't even know where the trouble is and to catch your leg. I'm teaching you the benefits of the house. We come so he will hide us in time of trouble. 
That's why we come. We come for protection, for security, for safety. Because you don't know which train you are on. You don't know which bus you are on. Except the Lord hide you, you are danger. So as we come here, we say, God, hide us in your pavilion. That's all. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. I said hallelujah. To hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle, he shall hide me. Yeah. We come to be hidden. Hallelujah. You don't know what you don't know what is going to happen on the next bus you are going to take. So we come. That God hide us. Hallelujah. Talk about the benefits of being in the sanctuary. And he says, He shall set me upon a rock. May God set you upon a rock. Yes. I'm giving you why you need to come to church. My message can be entitled, Why do you need to come to church? It's straightforward. There's no mystery to it. We come to church, one, because you are ugly. You need to be wholesome beauty. And as for ugly, I don't have to tell you yourself, you know you are ugly. There's a lot of ugliness in your life. You come because you have a lot of questions, you don't have answers. You come because you don't know, you cannot pro- protect yourself from trouble. If God does not protect you, nobody can protect you. And you come because your life is shaky. You need somebody to put you on a stable rock. He said, he shall set me upon a rock. We come so that God will set us upon a rock. Because when others are sinking, you need to be on a rock. Yeah. May God set you on a rock. May God set you on a rock. I said, may God set you upon a rock. You see, to be set upon a rock is stability. I'm explaining to you. Foundation. It means others will be sinking, but because you are on a rock, you'll be fed. And you cannot set up yourself on a rock. He has to set you on a rock. May God set you on a rock. May He place your feet on a rock to stand. When all other grants are sinking, may you be stable. It means that when people are being fired, you'll be employed. It means when people are being laid off, you'll be kept. It means when there's an accident, you'll be exempted. You are on a solid rock. That's why I come to church. I come so that he will set me on a rock. I love it. Hallelujah. So, basically, we come. To his house. Amen. But you know, that's not what, all that we come for. There's a good reason why we need to come to his house too. Hallelujah. In Psalm 134. It's all from the Psalms. In Psalm 134, verse 1 to 3. Behold, bless ye the Lord. Behold, Bless ye the Lord, all ye servants of the Lord, which by night stand in the house of the Lord. Verse 2. Lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord. The Lord had made heaven and earth bless thee out of Zion. Behold! Behold! Verse 1. Behold! Bless ye the Lord, all ye servants of the Lord, which stand by night 
in the house of the Lord. Another reason why we come here so is to bless him. Oh, you are not happy about it. You are not happy. We don't only come here for him to bless us. We also come to bless him. To bless him. Oh, stand by night in the house of the Lord. Lift up your hands in the holy place and bless the Lord. And bless the Lord. That's what it says. Bless the Lord. Who stand by night? The Lord. The servant. The servant of the Lord. You come here to bless him. Because let me tell you something. When you bless him, he will bless you. I said when you bless him, he will bless you. When you bless, when praises go up, blessings come down. You see, you see, let me tell you something. You don't, some, I, I, nobody is happy with somebody who every time he comes, give me this, give me that, give me this, give me that, give me that. At the point, you get tired of that person. Hallelujah. Yeah. So we come to bless his name. There's, there's sometimes too much long prayers. A, a time has come for you to stop your long prayers and learn to bless his name. For you to stop your long prayers and bless his name. Hallelujah. For when you bless him, that is why I pity those of us who don't come to church during the worship time. You see, there's a time to come and worship God, to bless his name. A time to come and dance. You will even dance in the church. And when somebody is dancing, you are looking at him. Let me tell you something. There is a time to bless God. You don't understand fellowship. You don't understand intimacy. God created man for fellowship. He created man for intimacy. When he created Adam and Eve, the Bible says he walked in the cool of the day to have fellowship. God wants fellowship. Let me tell you something. A lot of things you don't need to ask for. When you, when you are in love with somebody, it is easy for them to give to you. Are you hearing me? I said, when you are in love, it is easy. When you are in love, there are children here. How is it? That is why they say, there's even a joke that, don't, I mean, if you want, don't, don't ask the man, there's a right time to ask the guy for the check. At the intimacy of the thing, they say, honey, I need a thousand. At the height, she will sign a thousand without even thinking because there's intimacy. You know what I'm talking about? I said, you know what I'm talking about. At the height of it, he will stand a thousand without thinking. No limit. No boundaries. I see increase. The same person, if you had asked before, you squeeze his face. So they say, wait. Let the checkbook be by the bad side. Then at the height of it, so see that. Do you remember this thing that I said I wanted? Can I have it? <laughs> I'm preaching worship intimacy coming close to God worshiping him 
a lot of your prayers will not be a lot of your prayers will be unnecessary. I say a lot of your prayers will be unnecessary as you worship Him, as you come, as you bless His name. Who stands by night? As you bless Him, as you lift His name, Hallelujah! He created us for for worship. He created us for fellowship. One thing that God cannot do for himself is to worship himself. So he created man for fellowship. Hallelujah. So he said, Come bless the Lord, O ye servant of the Lord, who stands by night in the house of the Lord. Lift up his name and bless his name. Come bless the Lord. Come bless. As you lift up, a lot of your problems will go away. Because everybody loves people that are close to. Worship. It comes a time. You must be able to sing. Jesus, lover of my soul. Jesus, I will never let you go. You've taken me from the mighty clay. You set my feet upon the rock. Now I know I love you. I need you. Sing for me. Don't my sorrow. My Savior. My closest friend. I will worship you. Until the very end. Sing it again. Jesus the lover. Lover of my soul. Jesus. I will never. Don't you think he will cure you of your diabetes? Don't think he will heal you of your sickness? Don't think he will protect you from your enemies? Don't you think he will deliver you from the evil one? As you love him. Upon the rock. Now I know and I love you and I need you. Don't my world may fall, I'll never let you go. You're my Savior, my closest friend. I will worship you. Don't you think? Deliver you from that evil person as you are going through the challenges, the difficulty, the problems, expecting to complain, but instead of complaining, you begin to worship him that my world is falling apart. I will never let you go. I will never let you go. Oh my God. That's a good testimony. As your world is falling apart, as you're going through the crisis, the devil is expecting you to complain. But instead of complaining, you lift up your hand and you worship him. While instead of complaining, instead of whining, instead of complaining, you worship him. You come to the sanctuary and you lift up your hand. And you say, when the music fades, all is straight. 
Oh, worship him. Let's worship him, oh God. Sing it again. It's 
It's all about you, Lord. Come on. It's all about you. Lift your voice and tell him it's all about you. It's all about you. All about you. Oh. It's all about you. That is why I will say, if you know these are not working, these are not going according to plan. I feel like giving up. I've been ridiculed. It looks like these are not working. And they want me to complain, but I will not complain. I will not murmur. I will rather lift up a song and say, Jesus, lover of my soul. Tell them, Jesus. Jesus, I will never let you go. Everything will go away, but I will not let you go. Take me. Yes, Lord. From the mighty place. Set my feet up. Set my feet up.
You don't know that God can be lonely, but I say, I miss you. I miss you. I created you for my fellowship. I created you for my intimacy. But I miss you. I miss you. You've gone far. You don't come close anymore. I miss you. God is saying, I miss you. I miss you. I created you to worship. I created you for fellowship. I miss you. All I get from you is complaining. All I get from whining. I miss the fellowship. Come closer. Come closer. Come closer. Come closer for I love you. God is saying, I love you. I will love you. I will take care of you. Just love me back, oh God. I miss you. I miss you. I miss you. Though my world may fall, I never let you go. God is saying, I miss you. I miss you. I uh, just want to be where you are. That's what he's saying. That's what God is saying. He said, We used to have fun. I miss you. When you were close, did you lack anything? When you worshiped me, did you lose anything? Why, why don't you come close again? Church. I just want to be where you are. I just want to be where you are. I just want to be where you are. Oh, Jesus. Oh, I don't want to worship from afar. I don't want to worship from afar. I just, 
Lord, we are sorry. Lord, we are sorry. We are sorry for straying away. We are sorry for going away. We are sorry. Instead of blessing your name, we always come and complain. Lord, we are sorry. I just want to be with you. That's why he said, I'm sorry for all the things I've made. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for all the things I've made. I just want to be Father, we thank you. We are sorry. Many of us are saying, Lord, we are sorry. We've lost the fellowship, the intimacy. It has been all about asking and complaining and grumbling. And it never took and it never made us any better. It only attracted evil spirits and demons. But this morning we come to your sanctuary. Bless your name. Lift up holy hands. We bless your name. We say we are sorry. For what we have made it. That is why we say, when the music fades, when the music has faded, and all is stripped away, we come. We come. We'll present to you. Thank you. This morning we come with our hearts. We come as lovers. We come as lovers. 
We come as lovers. You, cre- Bible says you created us for your fellowship. We bless your name. We bless your name. In Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, thank you. Holy Spirit, thank you. Holy Spirit, thank you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I'm sorry for this And it's all about you. It's all about of endless love. King of endless love. Yes, Lord. So one could express. Yes, Lord. How much you desire. Oh, Kayanelia, baby. Oh, I'm weak and poor. Yes, Lord. All I have is yours. Every single. Every single. Bye. 
Father, we thank you for this afternoon. We thank you for renewing our love. We thank you for coming back. For you said, come bless the Lord. Come bless the Lord. Come bless the Lord. All ye servants of the Lord. We are sorry for what we have made it. We are sorry for astraying away. We've come back, Lord. We've come back, Lord. To love you. To worship you. To have that fellowship with you. To feast at your table. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you. It's all about you. It's all about you. We thank you. Amen. Hallelujah. It's all about him. It's all about him. With every head bowed and every eye closed. Salvation Sunday. Oh God. Salvation Sunday. He said, I came to die for you. I loved you. So I left my throne from heaven on the form of man was bruised, was chastised was whipped was spat upon, was crucified but I never spoke back because of the love I have for you this Sunday afternoon the Bible said that for while we were yet sinners God commanded his love towards us greater love has no man than this that a man should lay down his life for his friend God loved us so much that he laid down his life for you and I this afternoon don't let this great message of salvation pass you by his name is Jesus for he shall save his people from their sins this afternoon you are here you are not born again you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal savior you are the reason why he left heaven and came I was the reason why he left heaven and came this is the hour of salvation don't leave this sanctuary without giving your life to Christ. Take him as your savior. Take him as your master. Accept him as your Lord and your sins will be washed away. If there's anybody here, you, are not, you don't know Jesus personally. I'm not talking about coming to church. Personal relationship. The Bible says if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth, you shall be saved. In, 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 in the presence of witnesses, Take a decision for Christ today. Lift up your hand and I'll pray for you. Decide for Jesus. There's room at the cross for you. Take a decision. Take a decision. Take a decision for Christ. Take a decision for Christ this morning. Take a decision. Take a decision. Take a decision. Father, we thank you this morning for salvation. Thank you that whilst we are yet sinners, you died for us. Thank you for deliverance. Thank you for salvation. Thank you for healing. Thank you for overcoming the work of the enemy. In Jesus' name. Amen. Master God bless you. Hallelujah. He's calling you to come back. Hallelujah. Please, yes, take your seat and let's get our first and best. We hope that you've been blessed. Come join us for any of our services. Contact us on LCI 
www.newyork at gmail.com and visit us on the web at www.lcimanhattan.com.